Hi, guys. On this episode of Red Dirt America, we talk with my old friend Curtis Grimes. You may remember him from season one of The Voice. He was on CeeLo Green's team. Well, we talk with Curtis about his faith, about family life, and we talk about his brand new self-titled album. When you know who you are and what you're trying to do and what your main purpose and focus is, you take off. it takes a lot of pressure away from feeling like, what do I have to do to get played on radio? What do I have to do for people to... Book me. At Pledge Allegiance. Pledge Allegiance. Pledge Allegiance to real country music. This is Red Dust America with Chuck Taylor. So how you been, man? It's been a while. Man, good. Just busy. Um, but that's obviously a good thing in this line of work. Yeah. Um, and kind of happy to be back on the road. But to be honest, I enjoyed the, the time I did have at home. Uh, our little boy was six months old going into the whole COVID shutdown. So... I, you know, as a touring artist, you don't get to just take off when your babies are born. Right. Uh, so for me, I tried to just soak up as much, as much of that time as I could and just appreciate the fact that I got to. You know, if there was a time in my career where I had to be on, home from the road, like this was the best time. Uh, yeah, you, you, you see what I was going through when, when I would bring my daughter Emmy uh, to some of these things. I know it. I know it. How old is she now? She is uh, going to be 19 in September. She's uh, starting her second year of college, and she just got her first car. Wow! I remember. I remember when she was. She was pretty young. Yeah. Well, she. You know, it, truth be told, she had the biggest crush on you when she was. <laughs> I, I think she was 10 years old when she first met you, and yeah. had like, you know, the biggest crush. And and uh, I always appreciate how you always gave her autographed pictures, and you, you made sure to to say hi to her. And uh, that one time that she did the interview uh, with you, and she got to interview right. you in the trailer, uh, and Tim Dubois was there. You know. That's right. She probably didn't even realize that at the time, how big of a deal he was, huh? Yeah, it, totally big deal. And uh, I mean, I, I was thinking about that as I was getting ready for this interview. I was like, you know, uh, you and I have been been friends for a long time. I mean, uh, ever since uh, you came and did that first interview with me after you were on The Voice uh, and you were on CeeLo Green's team. That's right. The long, the long hair days. The long hair days, yes, sir. <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's, there's been a lot of changes in our lives. You've become a dad since then. Uh, become a dad a couple times over since then. Um, yes, sir. Did that change how you write your songs? It really did, man. A lot of ways, and and just as much the I would say accountability that I have regarding the lyrics or the content in my music. Because it's, it, it, you start thinking about it when, I noticed when my nephew was singing some of my older songs, uh, that really, that really was weird. And so there was some stuff that it made me uncomfortable. So that kind of gets, I guess, increased when it's your kids. So for me, all my stuff's now pretty clean, positive, faith-based. And I mean, I, I've matured a lot, obviously done lots of adulting and, and just not only a, as a person, but just spiritually as well. And um, I don't know, that, that comes through my music, I think, just as much as anything. I think it does. You know, for me, the, the, where I started seeing you uh, start to turn that way, and this is before you even had kids, was the, uh, the song Baby Don't Cry. When, when, you, when you started doing something pure like that, I started seeing you get into that, that closer to, to, to faith 
type of stuff. And then it was a couple of years after that you started to get into some more faith songs. But it, I think it started a little bit before you even had kids. You're right. And it's funny you say that because if you remember, I was with Dawn at the time and, and Amp, of course, and they wanted to put out Keg Party. A song from that record and this was right after I like I had quit drinking sobered up and I just told him I was like I'm not comfortable releasing a song like this because it's an absolutely no way a reflection of me and my life and where I am right now and so Tim Tim Dubois actually let me change over to Baby Don't Cry so so you nailed it man that really was the turning point and then of course my next project was Undeniably Country and uh, had with songs like "Born to Die" and "Had a Thing," which was which is my testimony in, in a lot of ways. Uh, and now, and there was a turning point. And so, with this record that we have coming out tomorrow or t- or tonight, rather digitally, uh, it's a self-titled album. And a couple of folks have asked me why you know I waited so long. And to be honest, man, I'm glad I did because it took me a few projects before I really found out who I was or or what I wanted to be kind of to establish my foothold as an artist and and that being the turning point now it's kind of full throttle in that direction um so so yeah man it's 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 pretty nice too knowing exactly what what I want to write about or at least the, the direction of your content when you're not chasing when you know who you are and what you're trying to do and what your main purpose and focus is you take off it takes a lot of pressure away from feeling like what do I have to do to get played on radio what do I have to do for people to book me or like me or come you know support my music um, so anyways it's been a, it's been a pretty pretty incredible ride though you know I'm thankful for everything that happens along the way that that kind of bounces you to where 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 you are right now. Yeah, well, you know, for me, uh, I think there's a purpose to everybody, whether you believe in a higher power or not. I think everybody's got a purpose on this earth, and it's when you find that purpose and what that purpose is, that's when you start learning how to be your happiest. I agree. I agree. So let me ask you this: if you and you got the new album coming out. But if you could send a message to the entire world, but you only had 30 seconds to say it, what would you say to the world? I would say don't be afraid to make mistakes because sometimes we walk around on eggshells and we're so timid and shy and scared to to do something and and concerned about what other people are going to think about it that sometimes we we deviate from who we are as a person. And, um, and that's what we're supposed to be. We are unique. We're all made differently and we all serve and, and have a different purpose. And uh, the, like you said, the, the, when we find that out and lock into that, that's when we become genuine and honest. And, and people recognize that. So especially a young artist, like be you and don't worry about what other people think about it. And, and when you can find that groove, then, then your success lies within what happens naturally. You talked earlier about uh, being able to spend more time with your, your baby boy during the pandemic. What did you learn about yourself during the pandemic? Um, it, was a, it was a good time to reflect and shift some priorities around. Because up until then, I think I'd kind of had my priorities as my faith and kind of my job and my career and right on that level playing field of, of my family and everything else, you know, kind of all bundled in as a close second. And after that, man, when, when you're in the vulnerable moment that, hey, like, 
this thing could be taken away so easily. Then what? You know, then 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 what's what matters most in your life really when the dust settles? And uh, and for me, that's when I really started putting my family more of a priority, uh, especially coming back this second round. And I think it was good. I think that part of it was good for everyone. And everyone had to just pause and reflect and figure out, okay, this is this life that I know and I'm comfortable with could change any minute. So now I need to make sure that I have my focus on the right thing in case it does to, to just kind of look more long term instead of short sighted. I was talking with Rodney Crowell recently, and I asked him pretty much the same question, what he learned about himself during the pandemic. And he told me he learned that if he had to give it up all, all of it up tomorrow, he could give all of it up except the writing. Uh, he enjoys writing the songs, you know, the touring and everything else. He could live with all that. But as long as he had his family and as long as he could still write, he'd be happy. That's that's great, man. It's definitely an outlet uh, in a lot of ways and can be therapeutical and a way to get kind of those thoughts on paper and out into others. And sometimes as as writers, we're we're better uh, or more effective at communicating that through uh, through the words of a song than we are just outright face to face. If you couldn't perform again, do you think you'd be happy just writing? Um, yes, and I, I definitely would still play music around the house. Like, that's my new favorite thing now is like my kids just love it. And, and so that's just as satisfying, if not more than playing in front of a thousand people. Let's talk a little bit about the, uh, the new album. It's self-titled. You talked about that and you talked about why you waited so long to do a self-titled album. Uh, who produced this one? Uh, I went back in the studio with Trent Willman. He's done every album since Our Side of the Fence. And uh, same engineer, Bart Bush, at the same studio. Um, and I, I had a heavier hand in the mixing and production aspect of this one uh, than some of the previous stuff. Just by now, I've done it long enough. I know what I want it to sound like. I know, you know, where I want the hits to go and what guitar tone I want here. And I want always want the fiddle up louder. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, just, just different things that... I don't know if you're just kind of timid and shy initially. It can, it can when you are overwhelmed when you go in there to cut a big album with, with uh, studio guys. Um, so yeah, I had a heavy hand in that. I did all the artwork for it. Uh, I wrote seven of the, or cover seven of the ten songs, and um, yeah, it's it's a, I was more hands on with this project than any other one I've ever done. Yeah, you continually go back to Trent, and Trent's a great guy, um, and, and I absolutely love Trent. He's, he's a Texan, and I think he gets what we're doing in Texas with our music. Um, he also likes to barbecue. Did he barbecue anything for you while you're working on the album? He has cooked for me. I've, uh, I've stayed over there a couple times, just after we've written or just when I was in town. He's got a little cabin out on out on a creek in the in the woods, man. It's a pretty pretty sweet setup. And yeah, he's a phenomenal cook. And they grow a lot of that stuff. They have a, a garden there. So most of that stuff you see is is homegrown. And uh, yeah, he definitely knows what he's doing behind the grill. Oh, yeah. He's, he's a total grill master. Um, let me ask you this. You've got 40 mil, over 40 million streams, maybe uh, 50 million streams by now on Spotify. Uh, you've had 12 number ones on the Texas charts. What do you want to do next? What do you want to accomplish next? Man, honestly, for me, this is the only thing I would change 
if I could, if I could afford it, would be to have a bus where I could bring my family on the road with me. That's the one tether that just would keep me from going on a 60-day run is I can't be gone from my family that long. Um, so as far as what I would do differently or, or, you know, aspire greater than this, everything at this point is icing on the cake. You know, I'm just thankful to be doing it for 13 years now and I can pay my bills and support my family and, uh, and, and still play music for a living. And, and that's, that's successful in itself. Yeah. So any of the accolades or stuff that comes beyond that is, is just bonus at this point. Do you have a, a, a favorite song on the new album? I wrote a song called Little Bit for my, for my daughter. And then there's another one called Cowboy Constitution for my, for my baby boy. And those two are, are my favorites just from the personal connection aspect of it. But there are a few uh, traditional country ballads on it. And those are the ones that, that I tend to, tend to gravitate towards. So uh, the, the, the slow, sad country songs are, are my favorites, uh, if I had to pick. And with this, we're doing uh, vinyl and cassette tape. So there's side A's and side B's, obviously, on those and so I tried to have some fun with that, and I put the, the more commercial-friendly radio uh, singles, up-tempo stuff on the, on the A-side, and I put those more traditional, the more country-style uh, ballads on the B-side. So it's kind of like, uh, I guess, best of both worlds for me, and depending on kind of what mood someone's in, they can, they can flip it over, listen to one side or the other. Do you think anybody still has cassette players? Man, I don't know. So, so that's the thing. They're making a comeback, and I didn't realize this till we were going into press stuff. Um, but I'm not sure if people just are buying them as novelty items and just you know to have to have have a sign or whatever, or if that many people have tape decks. But but regardless, uh, I've never had uh, a cassette of my own. So that that'll be cool in itself, you know, just as as a collector's item. Absolutely. You're going to have to uh, have to send me one of those. I can do that, man. Uh, yeah. I, you know, I, you, you bring up cassette decks. I, I can remember um, my first car was a 64 and a half Mustang. It only had an AM radio. So I got a cassette player to put in there uh, because in, in those times in the mid 80s, when I, when I got the car, uh, that's what we listened to everything. It's, this was pre CD, pre everything, you know. And, and I can remember putting it in there and, and having to pull it out and flip it over because it didn't have an auto reverse on the cassette deck that I had. So, yeah, I, it, there's, there's something to be say, said about cassettes. But then you get to that point where you've played it so much that it starts to like that. Right. You're wearing it out. Yes, sir. So hopefully people wear yours out. Hey, I, that would be awesome, man. I'm almost excited about the vinyl, too. I haven't done or haven't had a vinyl um, record either, so that'll be that'll be cool. Vinyl is extremely cool. My daughter is into vinyl right now. Big time. And I heard that uh, they outsold CDs last year. So isn't that's a pretty interesting, interesting thing. Well, you've always you've always done interesting things. I can remember when you did the, the baseball card when you had um, bottom of the fifth come out and you did the baseball card with uh, your picture and everything on it yeah that was a lot of fun that was another thing that was dawn's idea she was she was pretty good at thinking outside the box man um and and yeah you're right those little those little things kind of stand out separate you from from the mundane routine you know shipping out the 
the little single package and we try to sprinkle in some little fun elements so as things are opening back up are you looking forward to being able to get out and actually tour in support of this album because you know people who dropped albums during the pandemic they couldn't support it they couldn't go out there and, and tour with it and now things are starting to open back up yeah it's getting a little scary as the numbers start to climb again but it's still to a point where you can still go get out there and play the music in front of live people you're right, and, and I am. Um, that's that's kind of where we are now is full-blown. Full uh, the, the schedule is packed. I think we have five shows left to book for this year and, um, and definitely loaded up next week to just kind of get in the full swing of things to, to push this thing out. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's nice to be back singing in front of people instead of our computer screens. You're getting to play at Green Hall, which is a legendary in Texas. What's that feeling like for you when you get on that stage at Green? Man, that's a that's a pretty full circle thing for me because I went or I tried to go to school at Texas State, um, but I spent more time in New Braunfels floating the river and, and going to shows. <laughs> and so I remember going there to watch those guys, you know, your Randy Rogers, your Wade Bowens, guy like guys like that. Before I even thought about being being an artist and. I just would go and watch their fingers when they're when they're playing the guitar, and then go home and try to try to play those songs on my guitar and stay up all night. So then the first time we opened there for Roger Crager, that was a pretty cool thing. And then the first time we headlined, had our own show, was awesome. And and then the first time you go back there and you settle up and they tell you that that it was sold out is just supremely cool and uh so yeah it, it was nice to be able to land that specific venue on uh, on the night that the album came out yeah absolutely one of the greatest venues in texas in my humble opinion i agree with you man so if if someplace uh near green decided to create the curtis grimes sandwich what would be on the curtis grimes sandwich Starting with Ooh. the bread, from the bread up, build the whole sandwich for me. Oh, man. Probably some kind of healthy-ish version of bread. No? Trying to stay away from the plain white that sticks to your gut. Uh, bacon. Definitely would have some bacon on yeah, it, man. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, some turkey, some cheese, some good, like, cheddar cheese. Not like, not like Kraft's American Singles. Like, good cheddar cheese. Yeah. Uh, probably some... I don't know, probably a few different kind of meats, man. I like to load it up. Some brisket. Bris oh, there you go. See, that would <laughs> that'd be pretty <laughs> solid. So you toast it a little. If you had a little bit of toast, a little crunch on the bread, and I don't know, maybe some some pickles, either on it or on the side to go with it. Um, that, hey, if you're going to go that route, then you'd put some barbecue sauce on it and go all in. Absolutely. But, um, so Maybe a jalapeno that. or two. That 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 right there would be pretty solid for me. I I'd I'd take that. <laughs> so yeah. If they gave me that, I'd take it. Hey, I, I'm sold. That's an eleven dollar and ninety five cent sandwich right there. <laughs> I, I'll buy it. <laughs> there you go. Comes with free chips. Comes with free chips though. <laughs> they got to be kettle chips, right? <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, Curtis, always a, a pleasure to talk to you. I've got one last question. All right. What song changed your life? Uh, Born to Die, definitely, because that was the first song that I sent out after I said, hey, I'm going to do positive, faith-based country music, and if it works, great. If not, like, I was totally content with, with getting another job and just doing music for fun um, because I, I was tired of, of feeling like 
like I wasn't being true to myself and it just, you know, whether that's sacrificing your integrity or just kind of going along with the status quo or, or just doing whatever I felt like it took to make it in this industry or, or be successful in this industry. And then I would see other guys and the higher they got, you know, the further they would get away from from where they started at. And I just, it, it wasn't worth it for me. So we sent that song out and it was kind of the ultimate litmus test of, well, if this works, then I'm, then, and I'm right where I need to be and, and we'll be okay. And, um, and it did, and, and it definitely set the tone of every single song after it. Well, I, I applaud you for doing that because I think, uh, you know, old school country had a lot of that in there, had a lot of faith in their, in the music. You, you go back and you look at Ricky Skaggs, uh, probably don't look at Hank Williams, but. <laughs> but even Hank, like he wrote, he, I saw the light. Yes, so like he, people, he did. Yeah. People forget about that. You're right. Country gospel was right there intertwined with country. And, and you could even argue that was the foundation of country music. Uh, and the so Mother Hank, Church, the Ryman Auditorium. Absolutely. And like. See, now they moved the Opry out to outside of town, and, and it's just not the same. It, it follows the—it's more trendy of the top 40. It's still cool, and it's, a, it's an awesome experience to go to it, but it's not the same as that music that was being played with that faith-based element at the Ryman when it all started. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, church is, is a big part of country music, I believe. Uh, so I, I applaud you for doing that, especially in a time when uh, we are so divided uh, as, as a nation. You know, um, it used to be you could disagree with somebody's politics and still go have a beer with them. Uh, these days, people are talking about hating on, on other people or talking about, you know, popping a cap or something like that. And it's, <laughs> it's crazy the world we live in. So I applaud you for, for being uh, true to yourself and, 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 you know, showing your faith and wearing it, your heart on your sleeve when you do that. Well, I appreciate it, man. At the end of the day, that's more important than, than all the music or, or anything else anyway. So, Well, brother, I appreciate you doing this interview. Well, thank you for having me, man. It's good to catch up with you. If you enjoyed this episode with Curtis Grimes, please subscribe and check out some of my other interviews on the Red Dirt America podcast. You can find it on Apple, Spotify, and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. And be sure to leave a review and let us know what you think. That's it for this edition of the Red Dirt America podcast.